From the Capitol in Madison, this is Wiz Politics Midday. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam Kellenhofer at WISPolitics.com here with a midday podcast brought to you by Spectrum. Today, we're going to be talking about ghost guns, and we have a special guest. The Attorney General Josh Call is joining us today to talk about ghost guns and why they might present a problem for Wisconsin. And at the end of the show, we have the perspectives from two of the Republican Attorney General candidates challenging Josh Call. And also, we have a special guest, one of our interns, Aaliyah Levin. She is a UW-Madison J School student graduating later this year. So let's hear what Josh Call had to say about ghost guns. Hi, I'm Aaliyah Levin. I'm a student at UW-Madison. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, it's good to meet you. And thank you for taking the time to be here today on the podcast. So first of all, I want to start by asking how you would define ghost guns. Yeah, so ghost guns are um, guns that can be um, put together as component parts. Um, So, you know, typically if somebody thinks of what uh, a firearm is, it's a um, it's a completed um, uh, single unit. Um, ghost guns will come in multiple parts. So it's the different components of a firearm that can easily be put together. And the reason it's such an important issue is uh, under an old policy from the uh, ATF, um, ghost guns were treated differently under the law than than uh, other firearms were. And among other things, that meant that people could get them without going through the background process that would normally be required. Uh, and so it was a it was a way that people could evade uh, background checks, um, even if they weren't um, permitted to, to own a firearm because, for example, they had a prior felony conviction. Got it. So I know your stance is generally opposed to ghost guns and that The legislator has not introduced any bill to regulate or outlaw ghost guns in Wisconsin, but why specifically do you want to ban ghost guns and think they are harmful? Well, what I don't want is for them to be used to evade the the laws that we have in place for other firearm purchases. So, uh, you know, if if the rules for the purchase of ghost guns were the same as the rules for the purchase of, of other firearms and they they had the things like serial numbers on them, um, that would be fine. Then then there would be no difference. Um, but what's important is that the rules that we have for firearms apply equally to, to ghost guns because you know they they present all the same um, issues that that firearms present. So for example, um, again going to the background check process is important if um, if if that would apply normally, uh, and then also having uh, serial numbers on firearms, which um, ghost guns can evade if they're treated differently than other firearms is important. Um, so the, the the basic idea here is to make sure we don't have a loophole uh, in our laws that allows for, um, for people to get around the rules that normally apply uh, just because a gun is being sold in, in component parts that can be put together rather than as a single unit. Right. So in terms of the arguments in favor of allowing ghost guns, some people kind of say that these are used as a form of self-expression and that they're not really used by criminals given the time it takes to assemble them and everything. What are your thoughts on those arguments? Well, first, it's it's not correct that they're not used the same way that other firearms are. In fact, there are ghost guns that are sold um, marketing the fact that they can so easily be assembled uh, and be used just like a regular firearm is. Um, And so my view is that they present the exact same 
public safety issues that that other firearms do, and we should have the same policies in, in place. Having a system where if you buy um, a firearm the, the, the normal way, um, you've got one set of rules, but if you happen to buy component parts that can easily be put together uh, a different way, that, that doesn't make really any sense. And so uh, having a consistent policy, um, whether it's a ghost gun or um, or a regular firearm, uh, to me, is a much better approach to take for public safety. Right. So Biden recently imposed or announced he was going to impose a ban on ghost guns. How do you think that will ultimately affect Wisconsin? Yeah, his his rule um, undoes what had been done by the Trump administration's ATF, which treated ghost guns differently from other firearms. Um, under the new rule, uh, the definition of firearms will be broad enough that it encompasses ghost guns. So if you're buying a ghost gun um, and you would have to go through a background check if you were purchasing a, a, norm, a normal firearm, uh, you're going to have to go through a background check to, to purchase the ghost gun as well. Um, likewise, they would need to have um, serial numbers. One of the reasons they're called ghost guns, by the way, is they don't have serial numbers on them, and so they can't be um, – if there's firearms trafficking, for example, it can't be investigated the same way you could with a standard firearm, which uh, which would have a serial number, uh, and so you'd be able to find out information about the, the background of, of that firearm. Um, so if that ATF rule uh, stays in effect, it's going to help stop this problem from happening, at least – um, through actions by federal law enforcement. Um, what I would like to see is a similar policy at the state level so that state law enforcement can uh, respond to, to uh, ghost guns the same way that they do to, to other firearms cases. The other thing is, uh, you know, it's while the ATF uh, is going to be adopting this rule, uh, it seems like there may be challenges in the courts. And so if that happens, um, you know, how those cases play out will impact what the, the rules are at the federal level. But I think it's going to make a difference. It's going to help make communities safer by preventing uh, loopholes for, for the purchase of ghost guns. Uh, and that's that's a good thing for, for Wisconsinites and, and for public safety around the country. Mm -hmm. And what evidence is there that ghost guns are dangerous and, you know, specifically used in uh, committing crimes and illegal activity in Wisconsin? Um, well, first, there are specific examples of where people have purchased ghost guns in order to evade the background check process and, and have done so. So there was a, a workplace shooting at, at Paradigm um, in, in Dane County. Um, that was a ghost gun that was purchased that way. Uh, there was recently uh, some reporting, uh, I believe it was in the Green Bay Press-Gazette, about uh, law enforcement um, recovering a number of, of ghost guns. Uh, and then there's just the, the common sense point, which is, you know, if if you have one set of rules for the purchase of firearms in general, but a different set of rules um, for the purchase of ghost guns that doesn't um, require people to go through a background check or doesn't include serial numbers, um, it's a it's a less um, protective of the policy is less protective of public safety than the one that we have for for other firearms. Right. So going off kind of what you were saying about. Um, banning ghost guns at the state level. Do you think that a ban on ghost guns in Wisconsin could create conflicts with the Second Amendment or other federal gun legislation? Well, first, I think that if you treat ghost guns the same as their firearms, that you know there, there certainly can be no objection to, to treating them the same way that you treat uh, completed firearms. Um, but, but having common sense rules that apply to the purchase of firearms and protect public safety at the same time, like, 
you know, universal background checks, for example, um, those rules are entirely consistent with with the Second Amendment. You know, I support people's right to bear arms and their Second Amendment rights, um, but I also think that having some common sense gun safety policies, like universal background checks, uh, is appropriate to, pre- to protect public safety and uh, does not prevent uh, anybody who is lawfully uh, able to own a firearm and to possess a firearm uh, from doing so. Right. And do you think there's any kind of middle ground that could be met in terms of um, Wisconsin laws on ghost guns that would allow people to, you know, protect their rights to self-expression and their right to bear arms without having posing a public safety risk? Well, I think if you had rules that treated ghost guns the same way that that other firearms are treated, um, people could still obtain them. They could buy them. Um, but they would have to go through the same kind of process that that any other gun owner goes through. Um, you know, that's that's one way where if if people are committed to specifically, um, you know, obtaining a ghost gun rather than uh, a different kind of firearm, they could do so. Um, of course, you then need to have you know the same the same types of rules in both for purchases if there's a background check required and for. Uh, having serial numbers so you could identify the, the the firearms. You know that that may change the name because they would no longer be ghost guns if if you have a serial number. Um, but but there's a reason we have serial numbers on firearms. It's to protect public safety. Right. So finally, what would you say is the difference between a ghost gun and a gun that has had the serial number obliterated? And do you think that ghost guns are a more significant issue than? those kind of black market firearms that no longer have a serial number? Obliterating a serial number means basically um, altering the firearm so that the serial number can't be read um, so that that law enforcement who may recover a firearm at crime, for example, um, can't tell what the serial number is. It's, It's a tactic that is sometimes used by people engaged in committing crimes who are trying to uh, make it harder to identify where they obtained a firearm. They raise similar issues with respect to the serial number. You know, the, the, one of the reasons it's illegal to obliterate the serial number on a firearm is because it uh, makes it harder to um, to investigate and prosecute um, firearms trafficking, illegal firearms trafficking, if it's happening. Um, ghost guns present those same concerns because they, they can't be identified by the serial number. Um, with, a, with a firearm with an obliterated serial number, um, that firearm had to be purchased uh, originally, and if it was from a, a federally licensed firearms dealer, uh, there would have had to be a, a background check, um, whereas with uh, ghost guns, that, that doesn't need to happen, so that could be one difference. But with respect to the serial number in particular, it, it raises the same concerns. Okay, well, I think those are all my questions. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us and being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, Aaliyah, thanks for interviewing Call for us. Uh, It was a pleasure to have both of you on the show today. But to bring some more perspective to this issue of ghost guns, I wanted to make sure that we included the perspectives from two of those Republican candidates running against AG Call. So Fond du Lac District Attorney Eric Toney told me that, quote, Banning ghost guns only punishes law-abiding citizens while dangerous criminals don't care what the law says. Uh, We need to make sure these are significant penalties for those using ghost guns in the commission of crimes to deter their use in crime while allowing Wisconsinites to freely exercise their Second Amendment rights. So Eric Toney is arguing that ghost guns should be allowed, but there should be uh, criminal penalties for those who use ghost guns in other crimes. 
Um, but he is a strong advocate for Second Amendment rights. And also, Adam Jarko, who is also running for attorney general. So Jarko, starting in 2014, served as the representative for the 28th Assembly District in Wisconsin. He served as a Republican, and he served two terms in the Assembly, said, quote, Democrats continue to chip away at our constitutional rights while liberal district attorneys, like John Chisholm, let career criminals back out onto our streets. Instead of keeping dangerous people behind bars, their response is to make it more difficult and burdensome for law-abiding citizens to protect themselves and their families. So Jarko is arguing that ghost guns should be allowed because um, in the hands of law-abiding citizens, he says uh, those ghost guns allow those law-abiding citizens to protect themselves and their families. So that's all we have for the show today. Once again, I'm Adam Kellenhofer with wispolitics.com. Thanks for tuning in to our midday podcast brought to you by Spectrum. If you want to read more about the attorney general race, you can head over to the wispolitics.com website where we have regular coverage of what's happening in the AG race. But for now, I'm Adam Kellenhofer. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Wispolitics Midday. For more state government and political news, visit wispolitics.com.